Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Expanding your rebound, navigating 2023. We all have to get used to writing 2023 now, but most importantly, you're doing it with agility. So We've been bringing you these live learning events, and I'm pulling from experts that I know and work with and colleagues that have been in my life for a while and pulling from their expertise to to glean from insights and best practices so we can share it with you. So we're really excited that you're joining us this morning and that you're on this call. Um, We took a poll before you joined, so we have an idea of where your uh, hot topics are and where you're feeling the most uh, need. And so we're going to address that today in this brief time together as we hit on some highlights and some things that you can begin to do immediately. And then hopefully it it continues the conversation because we would love to continue to talk to you. A little bit about me, I've been in healthcare for a little over 24 years. I started in the perception research area. Um, I've had the privilege of sitting bedside, doing a thousand hours with patients so I can understand what they're experiencing and how their interactions with clinicians and uh, physicians go and and what their expectations are. And so I um, have kind of put that knowledge to, to use in being with this wonderful team now to consult and work with executives across the country who really have a strong desire to improve the culture and see more collaborative effort and really keep their employees engaged, physician, clinicians engaged, because we all know that retention has become the hot topic. First, let me tap into some things that we're proud of, okay? In 2022, what we're proud of, innovation, collaboration that we've seen among departments. We know that silos don't work. It's really important for people to be collaborative, to know who they work with and alongside, and know who to reach out to when they have issues. Uh, We've seen a lot of uh, grit, Um, People are determined to have purpose in what they do every day and make the best of the environment that they're in. Um, We come with the with the feeling that we know people want to work for an organization that they believe in and that they have um, purpose and meaning when they leave at the end of the day and that they approach their job with a good intention. Um, We're number one in the nation for veteran satisfaction. We have the ability to adapt to new normals as they continue to change, and they are changing all of the time. We know that going through um, pandemic, post-pandemic, all of the different types of, of environments that we've had to adapt to, responding to community and state Um, Crisis management, working as a team and and staffing crisis, we've seen people really come together in remarkable ways that were beyond anything they could have comprehended to really um, see collaboration and what they were able to achieve. Probably, I I would think, reflectively coming back and looking over the last two years saying they can't believe they even were able to achieve that. Um, We've seen consistent participants who are motivated to ask for uh, activities, presentations, wanting collaborative. People need people. They want to come together in community. We've seen a lot of that this past year where people are coming together, asking us to come on site, facilitate um, that collaborative effort. And then also pay increases despite difficult financial situations with focus on patient safety. So people are really working hard at 
looking at all elements of engagement and keeping their staff in place and supporting their staff and making sure that everyone is not only engaged, but not looking for that next job, that they're they're part of the team and feel a part of the team. Um, unity, family environment, people work with people. People leave their job because of people. And so knowing how to bring people together is really important. So what are your greatest challenges for 2023 that we're hearing you tell us? You want process improvements. You want to um, work on this staff shortage. You know it's a long game, but you want to know what are short-term processes and solutions that you can put in place today so that you can be prepared for 2023. Um, You're bridging that complexity of bringing brand new people in, units that have a ratio of 70% new nurses over uh, experienced nurses. That's been a challenge for you. Um, Again, the retention part, recruiting, we're seeing a lot of creative things with recruiting, uh, working with nursing schools and bringing people in, um, getting everyone involved in retention. We're going to talk about that today, just so that you can have a better understanding of how everyone plays a role in that retention. Um, Meeting deadlines with fewer staff, we heard a lot of of hardship over the patient nurse ratio and and how people are meeting those demands or taking on two different uh, job titles when it was one a year ago. And so they're, they're doing more with less. Um, Burnout is, you know, prevalent. We hear a lot about burnout resiliency, um, what that looks like, how it happens, how to pay pay attention to it. Uh, Patient experience, you know, patient experiences, the umbrella that we all work within But when we're in a crisis mode, we get very uh, tactical about what we're going to work on immediately because that's we're going to put out the fire in front of us. Right. But patient experience now is a challenge as we go forward to say, okay, with nurse shortage, with retention issues, how do we maintain a great, safe patient experience in the work environment? Um, Recruitment, engagement promoting uh, dedicated time and primary care practices for improving workflows and retention of staff. Again, it's getting to the core. The challenge is getting to the core of what what keeps people on the job, what keeps them engaged, what makes them come back and want to give 100%. So we're in a rebuilding mode in 2023. That kind of sums up all of those challenges is that we're in rebuilding mode. And I've got some great team members with me today. We're going to talk about what that looks like and how we can all uh, get on board and start to implement some of those best practices um, in working with limited um, workforce. So here's my colleagues. I've got Kathleen Lyman. And, you know, Kathleen comes from a long career. She has 35 years from nursing to CNO. Um, But more than that, she's been coaching. So she's she's gotten to do a paradigm shift in taking her frame of reference and her lifelong experience and turn that into being a lifelong learner. So for all of us who work with Kathleen, Kathleen is always sending us a new article, a new book. Um, Have you heard this podcast, which I love because she has that growth mindset, which keeps us on our toes. And really, you know, we understand that when you're in the throes of working, that your job doesn't have a lot of time, right, Kathleen, to just to to go and read and and venture off and to say I'd like to explore this topic more do deep dive into research you're you're busy just keeping on top of the workload that you already have so I love that about Kathleen I'm always learning from Kathleen she's a Jersey girl 
but she she can approach it in a strong but graceful way when she's helping organizations. She knows how to get to a breakthrough with teams who have limited beliefs. And I've watched her in action. Sometimes I, I, I I've actually watched her in action going, wow. Okay, I'm like a little afraid for her. I'm, 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 and she's in this environment, and it's is very uh, cantankerous, and she just really can just go right to the core in a graceful, kind way with all of her expertise, and she can help them look at it differently and pivot. And that's what I like about working with Kathleen. And then I've got Katie Owens. Katie Owens has accomplished a lot in uh, her young years. She's the younger one of the team of the three of us. Um, she was a former healthcare system officer and administrator. But what I like about Katie is that she is also a lifelong learner and she's really an expert in skill building. She likes alignment and behavior. She understands what's needed to really positively impact the culture. And I like watching her in action because she's comfortable in silence in a team that may be um, not cohesive and not getting along and there's a lack of trust. She knows how to allow it to occur naturally and organically. And I've watched her in action. She's an excellent designer. She builds curriculum for physicians. Uh, she's authored a book, The HCAP Imperative for Patient-Centered Excellence, Moving uh, Forward to Nurture Workforce Resilience, which is some of the things we're going to talk about today. So these are my team members. I'm so excited to be with them, their expertise, the collective expertise. I'm always learning something new from each one of them when we go on site and work together. So I'm excited about this fast-paced conversation that we're going to have. So let's dive in. The rebounding strategies, it's all about the relationship. We're going to hit that hard. We're going to talk about relationship. Staff retention is everybody's responsibility. You all have said that retention is one of your number one priorities going into 2023. So we really want to talk about some things that you can do immediately with strategies. And then reframe and over-communicate. What does that look like? You know, in a world where we are hit with so much information, right? Um, I was just reading about how much information do we have to digest every day. And it's remarkable how much we have to take in and try to understand and communicate with others. And yet we still need to work at communicating with each other and doing it effectively. So those are the three things we're going to talk about. We're hearing more about uh, leading with compassion and being a compassionate leader. So Katie, talk a little bit about why that's so important. The hard truth is that greater than 50% of Americans do not find the healthcare system compassionate. And so we've we've moved from you know, a tectonic shift where you know we embrace the heroics to patient perceptions of the new realities that we're trying to tread water in with staffing and labor shortages and unpredictable patient volumes. The research demonstrates that physician providers and even clinicians in some emerging research are missing opportunities to empathize and respond, activate that compassionate response. One third of adults with chronic illness underuse their prescription medicines due to cost concerns. And in fact, up to 76% of adults have left their um, medical staff, medical visit appointment confused about what to do next. So we are missing the mark with how we connect interpersonally. And it's being compounded by these next two points where 
we know we're in an environment where nationally through our partnership with PRC, we're able to study these workforce and patient experience trends. Employee engagement is decreasing nationally. And one of the, the latest, I can send everybody a copy, copy uh, articles in the New England Journal of Medicine. We have lost about 20 years of patient safety gains in the last three years. And 100% of our staff uh, had turnover. And we'll also send out our new state of healthcare workforce engagement infographic in the last five years. So all of your comments around staffing, staffing, workforce shortage, labor crisis, we are losing our staff almost as quickly as we are bringing them in. I was just working with a multi-state health system. Um, They had 78% year one turnover of their new hires. So um, that's really leading us into one of our first takeaways as we sort of use this reflective period uh, to sort of sum up some things that we hope to support you with in carrying forward. Thanks, Katie. And that leads us into Kathleen. If you could talk a little bit about that compassionate leader and, and what is the relationship building so important? So suffering, sadly, is pervasive, but compassion, compassion, compassion. I think those of us in healthcare know that um, it's a value that we espouse. It's in all of our mission statements. It's in our vision. It's about an attribute. And the thing is, we're we're better, we're not good at distributing it and demonstrating it with our patients. But what we've learned is suffering is pervasive in organizations and our staff and each other are suffering. And so the other key learning um, if I was going to share anything as a CNO, I realized I was a I was a good CNO. I cared about my people. I was compassionate for our patients, but I never demonstrated self compassion. Um, and because I thought that was taking away, we we in, in healthcare, you you don't bring your baggage into the organization. You leave your troubles at home. And what we know and what we see with seventy eight percent turnover, and when we see with a hundred percent turnover. What a wonderful world it could be if we we address the suffering in our staff, our colleagues, in ourselves, and did a better job of practicing self-compassion, which is probably the hardest thing for any nurse, doctor, healthcare provider to do. Um, and so Compassionate Leadership is the new foundation. We have a wonderful foundation, um, a course in that, but the relationship, and that's where the first step in compassion is mindfulness and being mindful of who you are who's with you and taking the time to really be observant about them. So there's so much more to talk about. And we just had, I just talked to a physician recently and they said, I said, you are a human being. You, you do need to take a break. You do need to eat and drink water. I mean, you are human and we forget that sometimes and and just eliminate ourselves from the mix. All right. Everyone wanted to know about staff retention. That was the hot topic. We kind of coined this as everybody's responsibility Share with me a little bit, um, Katie, how is it everybody's responsibility? Isn't it just HR's responsibility and the immediate supervisor's responsibility? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, the, the reality is, despite all of the, the changes um, that we've experienced in national workforce engagement, employees still vote with their feet based on a few key reasons, a sense of support from their leadership, their leader a sense of connection with their frontline manager. In fact, I think we have a slide um, with a few of those statistics coming up. And everyone plays a role. And I think that's what we're missing is we tend to try to delegate employee retention. In fact, we've got a really exciting new podcast coming up 
uh, with Dr. Gordon Grow, and he really explores the physician's role mm-hmm. in workforce retention. How do we as physicians treat our new graduates, treat our travelers, treat our agency team members in a way that recognizes them with professionalism, that regards highly their licensure, their fresh perspective. Uh, And the research shows, and, and this new key driver is important because it was not a key driver coming into the pandemic. When engages and retains employees based on predictive analytics, are providing support during times of change. And so we'll get into this shortly. We all intend to provide that support. We all intend to be compassionate. None of us drive into work or log into work every day intending to breach that, yet we're not always perceived based on our intent. And then the remaining three are pretty enduring. Trust in senior leadership. What's been new that we've uncovered in the last 12 months in our work is that trust in senior leadership is many times a proxy with how directors and managers represent the decisions made by the organization, by senior leadership, and creating some non-negotiables in our conversational agility to eliminate um, phrases that may build us up as a manager and director, but inadvertently throw the executive team under the bus. Things like, well, that's above my pay grade, or this just came down from corporate. They are staff are craving communication between departments. They are seeking to expand their circle of belonging beyond their core team into how you know the cracks and crevices in our, our organizational hierarchies. And despite the time constraints, staff are still seeking, and we see this with physicians also, access to training and resources to feed their, their, their growth orientation. This makes us better problem solvers. It takes us away from the tasks, and it gives us that permission to pause and develop ourselves. I just think this is such an important thing what Katie talked about. If I was going to pick anything out of our hat of what to do, creating non-negotiables with your staff, leading by example, like what would a leader do? In our compassionate thing, we say, define what uh, what what does compassion look like? What are the three things it looks like and what am I going to do? And then having people hold hold me accountable. Doing this with your team, every one of these things, support, trust, communication, that can't be delegated. That's all about the relationship people have one-on-one with their preceptor, how how welcome they feel, how confident that they are about saying, "Um, I don't understand what you just said. All of this is so important. And so uh, there's a lot as a leader. What what the most important thing is a leadership to do, leaders should be doing is taking the time to listen to ask, and we're going to close up with this about communication. Probably the biggest part of communication that we're going to share is, are you listening to what your people are sharing with you? Are you listening with their words and with their uh, with their words, with their actions, and with what they're not saying? And that's each one of ours responsibility, which can come out through rounding. You know, we've, we've really looked at taking a hard look at communication mediums and modalities in the last 12 months, uh, because similarly, so many times we believe we were clear, we believe we updated somebody. And so one of the leader habits that we're really working to reinstill, because I think, and many of you cited this, you know, in your your poll as, as you registered for today, 
we were in crisis management. And, you know, when we have our our burnout lecture series, you know, when you move from that constant crisis management, that stress, that chronic stress is what triggers burnout. And so representing decisions made to staff and physicians is a frequently cited barrier to cultural change. And we're not as effective as we believe we are. We just observed a um, chief nursing officer, I'm combining words here, share some really wonderful gains in nurse retention, in nurse engagement. And it was delivered in about six or seven slides. And then we just moved on to the next topic. And so every one of us comes into any given conversation in our own headspace and we leave in our own headspace. And so we don't always have the same takeaways. And so many times with cascade communication, we have the opportunity to recap and summarize and help people then represent that those improvements to their peers and in their departments. And I think that's a hard pause that we need to make as we up our presentation and communication skills in the new years. We've also got to look at new ways to accommodate stakeholders. So when you said that, it reminded me of two things. One, that we assume that we're all starting at the same place. So frame of reference when you're communicating is really important to establish. And two, what are expectations in how often you're going to communicate with me? Because we saw through COVID that people like the frequent communication. And then when it ended, it was a real disconnect for them. So understanding when you say to someone, I'm going to get back to you is very ambiguous. Uh, what are your expectations, Katie, if I say I'm going to get back to you? Maybe for you, it's at the end of the day, and maybe it's for me, it's Friday. And so it's we learn that over and over again in our coaching, that setting expectations so that when we achieve the objective, we all are on the same page and we say, yes, we achieved this. We did well. And right. we just make assumptions. Yeah, we personally define our own expectations. And we have a lot of blind spots if we don't pause and validate, just as we teach in in um, patient-centered communication, without that teach-back component, we miss that opportunity to close the gaps in in between how I think I'm communicating and how I'm being perceived. And we've included this as a frame of reference. We can send you a downloadable version. Uh, This is just an opportunity because time and time again, when we do direct observation, we jump to the task, we jump to the what without setting the context of why and what we hope to gain. And if we're not clear why this matters, it's going to be extraordinarily hard for buy-in and improvements in morale. Let me add one thing to that. Throw in my two seconds from Jersey. Good thing I can talk fast. Here, this this slide here, uh, how many physician coaching engagements did we do this year, Katie? Over 200. 200. And we did employee engagement. Mm -hmm. And we all have, we took on a bunch of different hospitals. When I tell you the number one tactic that we convinced and that the organizations that adopted this right here, that everyone was on the same page communicating, what are we doing this for? Where we, you know, employee retention is the most important thing to us. It'll help our patient experience. It'll help our hospital, help our community. Why, why, you know, your feedback is important and creating that consistent, if you will, elevator speech and going out and sharing that information in all of these venues that we're going to talk about one-on-one on a huddle, all of that. This is probably the best tactic out there that can gain you the information so that you can collaborate with your people and move forward. 
I'm sorry. No, no I love it. And then also deciding what it looks like when we achieve it. Right. Sometimes we're disappointed because I had a different vision, right? So this casts the net to say, this is where we're going, the direction. And when we reach it, we'll all celebrate because we all agreed this is what it would look like as an improvement. Awesome. And it helps people look bigger. You know, it's not just about improving employee engagements, about the welfare of our community, about reducing hospital-acquired infections or whatever it is. Overall, we have a ripple effect. And if our vision is about creating a compassionate organization, how wonderful that would be and what would that look like and how that would affect people. So it's a great happy. Yeah. And I'm happy to send you this tool that just popped up here. It kind of helps you with good words, bad words, but really words that get you to where you want to, to go, right? So it's kind of the don't eat this, eat the, you know, don't eat that, eat this. Don't say that, say this, because it helps with better outcomes in working with your team and getting that kind of collaboration that you're looking for. All right. So any last minute words of insight, Kathleen, before these are, these are the upcoming uh, titles that we have and topics that we're going to uh, capture in 2023, but well, these moments right. of brilliance that you have, Kathleen, for us? Yeah, I got to pause for brilliance. Um, no, I, I do think that, you know, uh, Brooke mentioned, I'm, thank you, Brooke, but I've been in healthcare 46 years now, oh, and good. I spent 36 of them in hospitals. And as a CNO, I just was not, uh, you know, I, I just did the best I could, but I did not have the opportunity to read and not get these best practices the way we can do them now. And I just say, you know, we're here to help. And all of this stuff, nurse bullying, fright, another article today out on nurse bullying and healthcare bullying, burnout, and all of the mismatches that happen and how this practicing deliberate calm, these things that we're going to offer you in the future are here now and are tools to help you. And so use us, engage us, we can help you. How's that for brilliant? Katie, any moments of any... Last you know, I think we we have a lot of exciting things planned in the new year. I invite you to take our, our session evaluation. You know, we did not have the opportunity to um, touch just yet on combating incivility. We just released a new podcast on this topic and just some some really important work that we're honored to be a part of launching in January around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So um, a lot more to come, and we need your feedback on areas that we can prioritize and focus to accelerate your rebounds. So we're going to leave you with a takeaway here. Um, you, you can conclude your own takeaways, but here's some things that we suggest that you start doing that you can do now before the end of this year. Meet, connect with that staff member. You're worried about retention. It's all about the relationship and you can't have a relationship without great communication. So meet with them, give eye contact. Where have you found the greatest purpose this past year? What one thing can we do to enhance your work here? And is there anything that I don't know that I need to know? Are always good ways to start with who you're working with, to know what they're thinking as you move into 2023 and really strengthen that team and keep that retention level high so that you have that team to build on as you continue to recruit new people. We're glad that you joined us. It's a fast paced 30 minutes. It really goes by quickly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, gang. Everybody stay well, stay healthy and be self-compassionate. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.